Meatballs. For most of us, they are a ball of ingredients, including, but not limited to, egg, salt and pepper, parsley, breadcrumbs, parmesan, and ground beef. Said meatball usually finds its home atop a bowl of spaghetti. But for my next guests, meatballs are a way of life. Chef Daniel Sharp and CEO Adam Rosenbaum have reimagined the meatball in their acclaimed restaurants, The Meatball Shop. Their newest outpost will be right here in Westport, Connecticut. Get your bowls and napkins ready and cue the sizzle. Fellas. Hello. We've, hello, hello. we've stamped your passports. Welcome to the Nutmeg State. happy to be here yeah i'm so glad that you're able to sit down with us i'm leaving myself wide open i just said meatballs and i just threw a couple of ingredients in there so who wants to set me straight with the their favorite meatball ingredients i think you did a pretty good job there um we our classic meatball is basically what you mentioned uh with the uh addition of maybe some ricotta in there um and you know um a blend of, you know, the only the best pork and beef. Um, but we do a lot of other meatballs too. We do chicken balls, um, turkey balls, lamb pork, balls, lamb balls, veggie balls, um, balls so, for days. Yeah. As long as it's round, <laughs> we'll put it on the menu basically. By the yeah. way, for our listeners, that is a chef Daniel speaking to us. So our listeners get used to your voices. Adam, don't be shy. You're sitting there with your arms crossed looking so prim and proper. I'm just waiting for my chance to speak. Oh, you can speak. <laughs> no, no. What do you think? <laughs> We're very excited. I should say that uh, I I think I was one of the first people to line up to the meatball shop. Um, Upper West Side, I think. Was that the first one? Lower East Side. Or the Lower so, East yeah, Side. Yeah, other side of the city. Yeah. Or completely yeah, different completely side different. of the city. But I was there. But we did yeah, open yeah, on the Upper did, West, yeah. so you yes. could have lined up for that. Yeah, yeah. I lined up for one of them, and I thought, what a great concept, yeah. because it's so simple. I even went and got the cookbook. I ascribe to the put the balls in rows in the mm-hmm. middle of the thing. And they should be touching. They should be touching. Yes, that's it's, a secret too. A lot of people think they separate them like cookies. Maybe they mm-hmm. cook better. Not the case with meatballs. No. They support each other, you know. Mm-hmm. So they don't flatten out. <laughs> they don't collapse like a souffle <laughs> out of the oven. Um, but yeah. <clears throat> so um, I know what is successful about your meatballs, but what has been so successful or what's the secret to your success? Uh, for this this franchise, because you now have this seven Westport and one will be eight. In, yeah. Westport will be eight. So six in New York, one in D.C. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Westport will be eight. So what's the secret to the sauce and the balls? I mean, I think there's a, I think there's not one thing. You can't just name one thing to have a successful restaurant. It takes a lot of work and a lot of different things. But I think for the most part, having a, a mission and a reason for doing what you're doing. There's a story behind the meatball shop, which is a great story that kind of bleeds through into our culture and our ethos every day. The meatball shop was started by Daniel Holtzman and Michael Chernow, two childhood best friends. And, you know, when they were, when they decided that they wanted to have a restaurant, the meatballs were not the first choice. <laughs> the, the meatballs were not the first idea of the restaurant, right? Because one of them was trained French culinary. Right? Yeah, Daniel, I mean, Daniel started a stage and internship at La Bernadette when he was 15 years old, you know, classically trained chef, culinary school, the whole works, you know, Michelin starred restaurants, et cetera. Michael was a front of house guy. Bartender has an uncanny ability to remember everyone's name and what they like to drink. I mean, strangely. <laughs> That's his thing. Fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Um, but basically when they got together, they just, dis- and decided to open a restaurant, they, they took the, 
the building blocks of what do we like about every restaurant we've worked at in our career and what do we hate about every of the other restaurants and everything we don't like let's eliminate that at our restaurant and everything we do like let's bring that into the picture so mm-hmm. an example is you know mike hated that he hated that he had to wear a uniform every day white button down shirt vest tie black pants black apron etc so they were like great scratch it off the list no uniforms at the meatball shop dan hated that the service entrance was the only way in and out of the restaurant for the cooks. Like they were treated like second-class citizens. Everybody uses the front door at the meatball shop. Um, I never even knew that was a thing in other restaurants. It is very mm-hmm. much a thing in restaurants. Not Maybe not as often in New York City since there are mm-hmm. not always back entrances. Right, but right. Daniel also had a lot of experience in California, Southern California and, and Northern as well did Daniel Sharp. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, Daniel uh, Holtzman founder chef Daniel also didn't like that the kitchen was always kept separate and that they were behind these closed doors like the Wizard of Oz and no one knew what was going on in there and and they didn't know what was going on in the dining room except when someone came to communicate with them so they decided great our restaurant will have an open kitchen so that the back of house can feel like part of the party as well so those things there's a lot more of them but those things bled together into the culture which is the meatball shop And then from there, what started out as a joke, they were with a couple of different friends from different countries, randomly talking about food and realized that every culture has some form of a meatball. It was a low to middle class type of meal because what made a meatball great is the filler. Right. Right. And so instead of taking a pound of beef and making two half pound hamburger patties, you could stretch out that pound of beef and feed a lot more people. And so... You know, it it felt like everybody that came, that everybody that loved restaurants or everybody, every different culture, I'm sorry, had some version of a meatball. And so they were like, why don't we just own the meatball space? Right. And then part and parcel of that was you always hear about where's the best pizza? Where's the best Philly cheesesteak? Where's the best uh, cheesecake? Where's the best meatball hero? There was no answer to that. And so they're like, well, we can do that easily. So let's, Mm -hmm. let's own that. And I think at the time, which was 2010, was the first yes. opening, yeah. right? I, I do a little bit of research mm-hmm. every now and again. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I thought it was genius because for me, it felt like, to your point, whereas who has the best slice, right? You go up in New York City, you have a slice of pizza. But I thought, I've never gone to a restaurant and said, I'm going to order just X item, but I could have X item any way I want. So I thought that that was part of the genius if you have never been to New York City or eaten in New York City, I don't know what you've been doing with your life. But that being said, the success rate of restaurants in New York is slim. And you guys have managed to find a way to be successful for nine plus years. Now you're entering the nutmeg state. <laughs> How on earth did you pick Westport, Connecticut? So um, that's a great question. So a couple of reasons. One you know, right now the meatball shop is, is an urban, is in an urban environment in New York city. So that was, this was, we, we picked Westport before DC was even open. To no be honest. kidding. Yeah. So basically for, to be successful in New York doesn't necessarily translate to success on a national scale. Sure. And we believe that the meatball shop has the legs to be a much bigger company through slow and steady growth, right? We're not looking to open, you know, 25 restaurants in the next two years. Right. But for us, testing a suburban model was very important. And so we wanted to pick somewhere that was close enough to home so that it's 
easy to operate, right? We can get here very quickly. Yep. Number two, it feeds into our supply chain. So all of the all of the ingredients that Daniel Sharp needs to find and source, we can get. Uh, number one, plus there's a lot of great bountiful produce, even fresh as fresher when you leave New York City. You know, right. there, there's some local farms up here in Connecticut where we'll be able to get some product from. Right. Um, and when we started looking, I know Connecticut very well. My 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 family grew up. I didn't grow up in Connecticut, but my family did. My mom grew up in Fairfield County. I have no cousins. Kidding. I have cousins in Westport. Look at you. Yeah. So I, I grew up here and spent a lot of summers here. And I also know that a lot of our a lot of our regulars and meatball shop loyalists live in, in Connecticut down. now. Mm-hmm. The, the, so yeah. it wasn't that we were necessarily looking specifically for Westport, but we were looking for somewhere in Fairfield County. And you knew the you knew the space. I knew the space. You're not fairly a complete well. stranger. Correct. To the and space. I and I know that it's a I know that it is an affluent community. Uh that also likes value just like we all do. And so the meatball shop fits that niche. People can come to the meatball shop knowing that they're, that we are using sourced ingredients of a very high quality. And Daniel can speak to that a little bit more, but we're not charging what, you know, the fine dining restaurants charge. And so people can make that a neighborhood restaurant. And at the end of the day, that's really what the meatball shop is. I mean, we're, yes, we focus on the meatball in a variety of different ways, but at the end of the day, we are a neighborhood restaurant that's built around the community and the guests that come in. Wow. He said that quite nicely. Very succinct. Nice. <laughs> nicely done, sir. Thank you, sir. Yeah. We, chef. <laughs> so, chef, what do you bring to this whole picture? Um, besides making everything round? <laughs> Such an easy task. Yeah, you, you know. It's you just go in there. Well, you've been there since the, the beginning, yeah? Yeah. Um, so Daniel Holzman and I, the um, founder, owner, we, we've been friends and colleagues for many, many years. And um, after he opened the first one, he asked me to come out. Um, and I'm from California originally. And so he, he asked me to come out and help open. He had uh, two more restaurants in the in the pipeline and he's like we're gonna open two more in new york and then we're gonna go open in la and so you'll be back in california in two years (laughs) famous last words (laughs) he told me the same thing yeah yeah. it's all it's all all that um but um so you know i've i've helped uh basically be the the spearhead to open all the new locations um you know throughout the years and you know, just help develop and grow this and, and, you know, um, make the brand, you know, the food of, uh, of the meatball shop kind of, um, as, as we've grown, we've evolved that as well. And, you know, we've evolved the model of how, we, how we operate. And, um, but, you know, today I, um, I oversee all the culinary and we, you know, we have chefs in every location. So a lot of my job is, is working with the chefs, um, you know, on the food and on the staff and, you know, making sure everything is great. And then obviously on the, on the sourcing as well, you know. And when you say sourcing, what does that mean exactly? So, you know, part of the start of the meatball shop was this idea of, uh, you know, one of the things that Dan and Mike set out was, you know, it sucks to work in a restaurant where you can't afford to eat or your friends can't afford to eat. And that the rest, but you're in this world of food where you're like, okay, this, you know, this is this wonderfully raised produce or this wonderfully raised, um, you know, meat. 
Um, and the places you could afford to eat don't have those values. So mm-hmm. as a as a cook or a chef, you start to adopt these values of like, these are the things that I want to support and eat. Yet, realistically, you know, I can't afford to drop $50 on, you know, right. on lunch or, or, you know, on a... And so... The meatball shop was born out of the idea of, of kind of sustainability and the, using the whole animal. And meatballs are that food. Like, you know, they are um, they are a vessel for taking um, the less premium items and transforming mm-hmm. them into something that is, is you know, what's the Plato quota? Uh, sum, uh, the, the sum is greater than, than the, the, the... It's parts? It's parts, yeah. yeah. Um, so it... The the um the meatball really um lends itself to you know the the idea of sustainability because you're using taking, the whole animal. using the whole animal and the the reality is the you know the the high minded or you know sustainable food movement in the restaurant space is largely relegated to upper uh, you know higher end restaurants that sure. um and those customers want high end steaks high end pork chops. And the rest of the animal, you know, this is a, a a real animal. So the rest of the animal is there, and it's either the the producer can say, okay, I'm just going to sell this to the commodity market and right. get whatever the price is, or if they can find somebody who like us who finds value in that, but it's still like in you know it still has the affordability. So you know we're using the same ingredient that you're going to get in the top end, you know. Um, restaurants of New York city and, you know, and elsewhere, but we're using the, you know, the, what's called the grind cuts. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then what's great about them is those are actually, you know, I think people have the misconception that a better, you can, if you change the ingredients, like if like we took a meatball and made it out of all, you know, center cut, like steaks, that that would make a better meatball. Cause that's, a, those are quote unquote more expensive, Desirable, right? but the truth is, the 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 grind cuts have a lot more flavor so um they're just tough so you have to grind them or stew them or whatever mm-hmm. it is and but because they have more flavor they're more you can mix them with other things because that flavor will permeate other things like the breadcrumbs and and ricotta right. which don't have strong flavors so um the reality is the meatball really is engineered the way the, you know the way our grandmothers and <laughs> engineered it is is good. Like people talk about, oh, I want a meatball, but without the fillers, because fillers are, you know, it's like, yeah. but you're like, no, like that's what gives it its soft, supple texture, right? right? If you made a hundred percent meat meatball, that's going to be really dense and rubbery. It's it has no sinking it has nothing, to the bottom of your gut. And yeah, it has luck, no. Yeah. There's no subtlety there. There's no, you know, no flake, no crumble. And so it's all the things that that kind of went in, and all these things are day old bread. Ricotta is a is is recooked, so it's what was made after you made the parmesan. Right. So the ricotta is a second used tea. So all these things that um, you know, that we had um, laying around, somebody put them all together and was like, "Hey, these Let's things make are a meatball. yeah, these these yeah. things are great once you get them all, you know." So so at the meatball shop, I wonder from getting the cut of meat to those three or four perfect meatballs in your bowl. Do you have meat grinders? Do you get the animal in its whole entity? You know, walk me through because I'm. It sounds like Not based anymore. on what you're telling. <laughs> Not anymore. Yeah, yeah. What you're telling me is it is. It's a very nuanced process. Yeah, and, and a lot more goes into it um, than one might think. So we don't. Um, we don't get the whole animal because we're 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 just we're not using the steaks and stuff. Um, 
we uh, have evolved through throughout the um, the process of the first one. We were getting meat and grinding in house. Um, then we shifted to a commissary model. We're doing it centrally for um, our our businesses in New York. Then when we wanted to go outside of New York, when you uh, ship across state lines, you have to become a USDA facility. It's a whole nother. It's thing. a whole other Michigan. It's a whole under, another thing. So. Um, so we now have a, uh, what, what we call a, a co-packer that's somebody that grinds the meat for right. us and sends it to us. Um, but we control the whole supply chain and source. We, since the, uh, outset of the meatball shop, we've worked with this, uh, company, uh, they're based in Brooklyn. Obviously that's mm-hmm. not where their, um, pigs are grown, <laughs> uh, but they're, they're based in Brooklyn, but they're, uh, called heritage foods and their mission is to um, work with small family farms raising heritage breeds. Um, think about it the same way you would say heirloom like tomatoes, sure. right? You know, it's like, okay, we have all these, you know, mass marketed conventional mm, dubious quality mm-hmm. tomatoes that, you know, that you can ship all the way around the country and they they are all the same size and all the same shape and, and all that. And then you have these heritage um, uh, tomatoes that are all funky, different colors mm-hmm. and misshapen. Um, and, but and very don't delicious. taste very good. No, no, but very tasty. Uh-huh. I mean, you think about them, yeah. they're not, they're, you know, if you would, if you think about an heirloom tomato, they're like, they're, they're you know, sometimes they are bigger or smaller. You can imagine that, that, that they don't really work well in a factory setting right. because you want Dig everything it. to be the same. Uniform. Got it. Um, so, you know, they got into this thing where they're raising all these, you know, basically these breeds were going extinct because they couldn't fit into the modern commercial meat. Really? Yeah. So, the, you know, the like the thing is with um, with livestock, that's a you know there aren't there's that's a domesticated animal. It's not like they're existing in the wild. Right. So if you have a farm and nobody's buying your, you know, you might think this pig is is a wonderful breed, but if nobody if nobody's buying it, then then you know oh you're, well. you're gonna right. you're gonna stop growing them. Um. So that was their mission, and that's what they set out. We've been working with them since day one. Again, that mission and that um, the quality of meat that they produce translates more to, you know, people with fancy restaurants who want to serve a pork chop on the menu. They have the most amazing pork chop. It's great. But, you know, there's a certain amount of pork chops every pig has. Sure. And then, you know, you've then got, what do you the, do with the rest you got of the this pig? giant ham, right? right? So um, the meatball shop is what you do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so as uh, is a very symbiotic business, as we've grown, they've grown as, you know, as we are able to utilize the rest of their animal, they are able then to sell to more high end restaurants of ribs and pork chops. Right. Um, and so we've been able to over the last, you know, nine, nine years like kind of see, seesaw up the, up the ladder as their, their portfolio of fancy restaurants have, has grown. So, you know, as we have grown and we're, you know, and that is how you take a whole animal and use it across. Um, and not waste and, and, yeah. it. No. And I think that's how that's the, you know, in some cases, the definition of sustainability, I mean, to be able to prevent an animal from going extinct mm-hmm. because of using it the prop properly, if you're going to eat meat. Right. At least use the whole animal. Mm -hmm. And now a word from our sponsor, Norwalk Now, where businesses come together to bring you their city in real time. Experience Norwalk's vibrant dining scene from quintessential New England fare and locally sourced seafood to low country cuisine, prime steaks, Italian favorites, Mexican eats and high spirited drinking wells. 
Visit NorwalkNow.org and meet the talented chefs, restaurateurs, and barkeeps who continue to raise the bar of our local dining scene. For restaurant news, special events, seasonal promotions, and more, visit NorwalkNow.org. Well, shit, I came in here wanting to talk about meatballs, and now we're talking about sustainability. (laughs) Who knew? This gives me a whole new appreciation for what, yeah, I think, for what you all do in the, you know, here's a meatball. It never dawned on me that, oh, this is the stuff that no one else wants. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't come out. You know, it, it's not something that we always shout from the rooftops. You know, we're, we're a casual, urban, fun, yeah. vibey place. You're, to me, you were like the neighborhood joint. And we, and we are that. But again, starting with the founders and continuing with Daniel and myself and other team members, that stuff's important to us as individuals. And so by proxy, it becomes important to the company, right? right. Because it's mm-hmm. a it's something we believe strongly in. It's not necessary. We don't do it to get the approval of the public, sure. right? And so, but, but when we can talk about it and people are interested in knowing about it, we do. And we like to. I mean, our beef is never, ever beef, as is our pork and our chicken, which means no hormones, no antibiotics ever in the life of the animal. By the way, that will go very far in this town. Yeah, but we've been doing that for nine years, right? And I think that people care about it more now, which is great. And so they're asking more questions now, which is great. And we're being able to help educate and be a part of that process and that movement, which is we're happy to be a part of. But at the end of the day, our meatballs are delicious. And, you know... Part of that has to do with the supply chain and where mm-hmm. we're sourcing it from, but part of it has to do with this amazing chef that's this, like sitting I know, across he's being, from me. He's being very he's being modest. He's being but, very uh, humble and modest. And he's a very talented chef too. He's not just doesn't make meatballs. Yes, no, <laughs> I, I'm I'm aware. I I took I took a little deep dive into your Instagram. Oh, you googled me. Oh, I know. I will ne- I will never get those <laughs> no. 29 hours back of my life. <laughs> no, I know you like to travel and. Um, I do, and yeah. you do photography, but I'm interested in um, Westport is its own little unique place. There's a you know people I have a love hate relationship with it. Um, sorry, listeners. What what kind of vibe? We only do, love it. You you have to say that shit. <laughs> I don't. Um, what is uh, what vibe are you expecting from Westport? Because that space, it's a corner spot. Um, people walk, people have started to walk by it more because that part of Westport has been built up. Um, but what kind of vibe are you expecting from Westport and what should Westport expect from the meatball shop vibe on that corner? Well, I think we're, we're very excited about, um, trying this out in a suburban market. And obviously family is kind of, you know, I think the big shift for us in terms of like, you know, being a, um, I think in New York, our our niche is really being a uh, inexpensive place to take a date. It's like cool, the vibes fun, they're good drinks, but also I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna wince at the end. At the end, um, I think that that translates to a place you know um, like Westport. But you know we're gonna shift that those value systems on in, instead of dates onto families, right? Onto families, right? Um, and so how to make that kind of experience, accessible, you know, something for everybody, fun, but also, you know, not going to break the bank and everybody gets to feel like they had a great experience um, without that that sticker shock at the Mm -hmm. end. Um, uh, You know, and I think that we're looking at them expanding the menu a little bit, again, gearing that a little bit more towards um, 
kids, but also just, um, you know, in New York, I think you have everything with that arms reach. So you can be a little bit more focused. Whereas here is, I think you want to broaden your focus a little Mm -hmm. bit and just offer, offer a few more choices, a few more options and and that kind of thing. Yeah. Adam. Yeah. I mean, I echo what Daniel said. It's, it's a, you know, it's a community, it's a local community. It's a bedroom sleeper community of New York city. So a lot of people in Westport know about us already, um, which is a huge plus, but there's still plenty of people that don't. Um, But I think to Daniel's point, Family is a big focus, but also in part to that is parents still, as a parent myself, like I still need to go to a cool place to have a drink with my wife. Right. Right. And so I think there's going to be room for both. And I see multiple day parts happening at Westport. Mm -hmm. I see it's definitely going to be the place that kids want to go after school or if their parents ask them like, you know, what do you feel like eating tonight? Every kid is going to say, I want the meatball shop. shop. Right. And so we want to be able to deliver on that. Delivery and takeout is a big thing at the meatball shop as well. Thank you. I was just going to ask. Which is, you know, meatballs travel very well. So does mashed Mm -hmm. potatoes and polenta and broccoli. Mm -hmm. And like our food lends itself to delivery or pickup or takeout or caterings. And so it's going to be very simple for a dad or a mom on their way home from work to pop into the meatball shop, place that order ahead of time on our website, go in, pick it up, already already have paid for it, boom, on their way home, dinner for the family. And so thinking of ways to expand our, our, I wouldn't call it catering, but to expand our takeout menu so that a parent can say, you know, some places in the suburban markets gear more towards family with like the dinner for four package, mm-hmm. right? Where it comes with X amount of protein, right. this many side dishes, et cetera. Um, but then after that, I think the parents want a good place to go have a drink, go have a bite to eat, still go out for a date night and don't feel the pressure of having to get dressed up and go always for a fancy dinner. That's nice too. Right. But sometimes it would be great to just leave the kids with a babysitter for an hour and a half, go pop down and know you can have a great meal with great drinks and meet your friends from some of the surrounding towns in an unpretentious space and just have a couple of really great drinks and some jello shots <laughs> and get home and get home really quickly. But I, so I think it's, I think it's, we're, that's what we're expecting. That's what I know to exist. I mean, from the time I spent here and but it's really about community and family. It's a, it's community. So yeah. it's both, it involves both. It's the families and the parents and the singles and the seniors, whoever's here. The, the nice thing about the meatball shop is that kids all the way through grandparents yeah. like, like the meatball shop. And so we have those demographics in Westport. And so for us, it's great. But another thing, which we, we haven't really told anyone yet, but we could probably say it now. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> is which we're which we're super excited and kind of tying into the community as much as we want to is we we agreed to sponsor a little league team what um and so we because we i i really pushed hard to name the team (laughs) and the only way that i was able to do that was to agree to a little bit longer of a sponsorship period okay which i happily did so so soon i believe Season starts April 6th in Westport. My son, we are waiting on bated breath to see which team he's going to be on. What grade? He's in fourth grade. He's too old. So the fourth graders, I believe, Fine. use all professional team names. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We but, do. So Sorry. we have, I believe we have the second graders. Okay. And they're going to be the Westport Ballers. Yes! <laughs> and we're going to design their uniforms and their hats. <laughs> and they're going to be awesome. And then uh, you heard it here first. 
whoever's on the Westport Ballers teams, if your team wins, any game your team wins, the team eats for free at the meatball shop. Okay, hold on. I forgot to tell you, I am a second grader (laughs) too. But, you know, I also see that that space around the restaurant in between us and Bar Taco and Oco, you know, Mm -hmm. that courtyard, great activation for family days. And Mm -hmm. it's going to be nice to have some Adirondack chairs out there, maybe some cornhole, some badminton, Mm -hmm. you know, some things that we could set out there so that parents can sit on the patio, kids can run around and everyone feels safe. There's the water right there. It's just, you know, family time. You've clearly done your homework. You know, you knew to infiltrate Little League. You know the your neighbors, and you know the Adirondack chairs, which, by the way, boss lady, how many drinks have we had out there? <laughs> Countless. Countless. Yeah. And jello shots. And je- yeah. That's what I was just... <laughs> and now jello shots. Are jello shots a staple of the meatball shop? Yeah, since day one. Since day one. Clearly, I have not... I've, I only went for the balls. I didn't... Uh... Yeah, no, no, no meals complete at the meatball shop without a round of jello shots. Holy smokes. Yeah. Chef, what's your favorite ball? Classic. Yeah. Tell our tell our so, listeners um, what the classic is. It is a um, beef and pork blend um, with uh, ricotta, parsley, breadcrumb, and egg. Um, I wasn't that far you off. You know, the funny thing is, I got asked to um, recently to judge a meatball contest of like like some sort of meatball smackdown, and and everybody's encouraged to do something very creative and this and that. Um, and I thought it was great, and I was very you know excited. Um, but the reality was that the, there was like a um, uh, the the you know people's uh, choice kind of judging. Everybody still just likes that classic Italian, the classic Italian. Meal with mm-hmm. with red sauce. It's it's delicious. I mean, you know, um, the truth is, I get really excited about coming up with new meatballs. But you know, at at the core, you have to respect the uh, the traditions and, and and really love it. Adam, what's your favorite ball? I mean, I don't disagree with Daniel. I, I guess for me, not as a chef, um, it's all about what I'm eating and what I feel like eating that day. So, you know, in the winter time, the spicy pork balls with spicy meat sauce over polenta is delicious. It's like a really good signature salad dish. I like the chicken balls as well. They're a little lighter. Um, I feel like I could eat more of them and fill up. Balls. And they're also gluten-free, mm-hmm. which is a plus. Um, but... Yeah, so for me, it depends on what I'm eating. I like all of our meatballs, and I I'm not partial. Mm-hmm. I don't judge. <laughs> um, yeah, I, probably, I like some of our special. I mean, I probably Dan- snack on the mini buffalo balls the most. Yeah. One because they're the easiest, and two, I just love buffalo wings, and they basically are buffalo wings without the work. Without the work. Yeah. Will you come up with a signature Westport ball? Well, why don't we Why don't we do that right now? What I'm you, not a trained I mean, what's chef. A Westport, but- what's a Westport? What's what grows I in mean, Westport? I mean, what should we do? What grows <laughs> in Westport? Do you know what's so funny? This town uh, a thousand years ago was onion farms. I did read that. And then mm-hmm. our space became like the Fairfield Furniture Company, yes, which is what it used exactly to be. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the Westport Farmer's Market at your disposal. So did you want us to make an onion ball? Not necessarily. It doesn't sound so good. No, no, <laughs> yeah, not at all. Not at all. I have no idea, but I, I want it to be delicious. Mm-hmm. Um. Maybe we could do ramp dressing mm-hmm. with ramps. Run ramping up here. So yeah. See, the, the layman ramp. says onion. The culinary kings say ramps. Well, because ramps I match with ramp Like instead Perf- of ranch. Ra- yeah, right. yeah, yeah. He's the wordsmith. Adam is the word. He's, yeah. He does the wording. And that's- I, I don't, he's not, not really. <laughs> I think that's Daniel's word. <laughs> well, is there anything else that you fellas wanted to add about 
what to expect from the meatball shop in West Porter. Anything else? I when mean, do you open? What's when's opening day? We're still, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm honestly not keeping it a secret. We, we, we don't know exactly, you know, with a restaurant, there's a lot of moving parts. There's everything from construction to lead times for equipment and chairs and things like that. Um, And then of course, you know, your final inspections and everything from the city. We're shooting for mid May right now. Sure. Um, But that could change and shift at any time. It's not going to be, you know, October, but it also won't be like April 10th. I mean, you got that, that Little League sense. team. They need to come have a meal. Well, we're still so. going to come support them. All right. Uh, Just on making sure. Day. You know, mm-hmm. we'll as well, you should. Yeah, we'll be there. All right. Chef, parting words? Um, really excited. We're going to have a lot of fun. Um, you know, opening up right uh, before summer, I think, is. We're just excited to throw those doors open and, um, you know, be by the river and hopefully, you know, come on down, have some drinks, have some meatballs and. Um, we're going to have a good time. Okay. This is where I out myself as this is this podcast. My, the boss lady likes to write me notes. I've, I can't understand your handwriting stuff. <laughs> Let me see if I can read it. Adam, can you just, and I used to be a high school English teacher. Let me see. Ask listeners about balls. Oh, ask listeners about what kind of balls they want to see. Oh. So maybe we can get some responses on, oh, yeah. on the, you know. Before opening day of the meatball shop. Please tell us what kind of balls you would like to see featured at the Westport outpost of the meatball shop. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be onions for crying out they loud. They might be surprised of how many balls we've, we, we have You've already. You've already made. Yeah. 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 We have a lot of special balls that we rotate and new ones coming up all the time. Think, think things like mac and cheese balls, pepperoni pizza balls. What else? I mean, lamb balls. We just did ramen balls. Ramen balls. It's a little departure from our otherwise Mediterranean focus. We have salmon and lobster balls Mm -hmm. on the menu now, which we just launched. Yeah. The lobster balls are basically like your favorite, like a lobster roll in In ball form. In ball form. Um, And we finished National Meatball Day and had a very successful um, spaghetti and meatball promotion. Oh, yeah. That's coming on. So that's, uh, it's basically. Think about it as inside-out lasagna, basically, but I mix spaghetti into the meatball, all sh- shaped into a big uh, meatball that is baked with some layers of mozzarella in there. Um, it feeds about, you know, eight to ten people solidly. And, oh, the um, giant one. Is this the giant six one, pound yeah. meatball? Six and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, like six and a half. It's funny. It was uh, like I said, six and a half pound That's meatball, and like it's funny. Like half half the people rounded up, and half the people rounded down. <laughs> but I was like, nobody nobody said six and a half. You know? Yeah, we just we just saw the picture of it. That is some ball. It's a big ball, and it's also you know aside from just being big, it's it's actually kind of uh, a really unique, d- very delicious thing because the way it slow roasts and cooks and the pasta. Um, you know, it's like a baked pasta, but it, the, the, it, you know, the ratio is a little bit different in, in, than a, like a lasagna or whatever. And it has a very, um, unique texture and flavor. It's really great. Why isn't it open right now? I want to go there for lunch. <laughs> there's, there's seven of them open. You just have to go. <laughs> yeah, to yeah, yeah, you, brought, uh, you can go, you can go hang out with the construction workers. It's a little dusty. My son and I walked by there on Friday and he peered his little head and he was like, when are they going to open mommy? I said, was the signage up yet? No, not yet. Oh, it's up now. Yeah. The, this the, was this was the vinyl signing is up. Thirty Thursday or Friday. Yeah. All right, fellas, we cannot wait for you and your meatballs. Adam Rosenbaum, Chef Daniel Sharp, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Can't wait, guys. 
And now a word from our sponsor. Norwalk Now invites you to experience a city on the move, featuring a melting pot of food cultures and truly unique dining destinations located throughout the coastal city of Norwalk, Connecticut. From quintessential New England fare and locally sourced seafood to low country cuisine, prime steaks, Italian favorites, Mexican eats, and high-spirited drinking wells, Norwalk Now is thrilled to introduce you to some of the best restaurants in the county. We invite you to visit norwalknow.org and meet some of the talented chefs, restaurateurs, and barkeeps who continue to raise the bar of our local dining scene. Get the most up-to-date restaurant news, special events, happy hour details, seasonal promotions, and so much more at norwalknow.org, where businesses come together to bring you their city in real time. You can also check out their events on Instagram and Facebook at Norwalk Now.